From Yahoo Finance, this is Ballots and Dollars, a podcast about the politics that affect your pocketbook. I'm Rick Newman. And I'm Alexis Christophorus. And today we're going to break down six wild cards that could actually influence the 2020 election. And Rick, I guess the first wild card already happened. It continues to play out the U.S. airstrike against Iraq, which killed uh, a high-ranking general there and a terrorist. And of course, the Democrats have come out and criticized this, saying that they're questioning the timing of this attack. And some are saying it was really meant to deflect from the uh, pending impeachment trial. Could that come and bite Trump in the end? I don't buy that theory. Um, uh, Of course, there's a lot we don't know about um, why they decided to do – to carry out that airstrike on uh, Soleimani at the time they did. But in a way, you could argue that they could have carried out this airstrike at any time because he is a – uh, he, he was a fervent enemy of the United States who engineered all kinds of militia attacks and uh, roadside bombings and other stealth attacks on U.S. forces in Iraq. The Pentagon says he's responsible for at least 600 service member uh, deaths. Um, so and the U.S., for at least the administration, is saying that they had to do this to thwart an imminent threat to Americans or troops. Yeah, there's it was what, unclear as to what that is. Well, now, And there's also now a big argument about what does imminent mean. Mm. Um, I think the burden – of proof on the Trump administration is extraordinarily high because Trump is just uh, fundamentally dishonest. He's told so many lies as president. And we now have seen the evidence about of how, with regard to Ukraine, he subordinate, subordinated U.S. national security interests to his own personal interests. I think that's uh, that's vastly evident in the evidence that led to his impeachment. So, Uh, I think the Trump administration needs to provide all the evidence they can publicly provide to justify this attack. But nonetheless, he was a known bad guy. He was a known enemy of the United States. Um, And this doesn't look that suspicious to me. Besides, it it didn't happen in the middle of a uh, impeachment trial. I mean, it happened before the Senate actually even reconvened for the year. So it it, it didn't happen while the uh, impeachment proceedings were ongoing. So it didn't really distract us from anything. We're going to have more. There's going to be more that's going to distract us further. Um, But nobody at the moment knows what this Iranian retaliation and then the U.S. response to that is going to be. Speaking of impeachment, now we know John Bolton, the former national security advisor, says he would be willing to testify if the Senate were to subpoena him. It sort of sounds like he is begging to want to testify. Well, he's hinted at this before. So when the House was going through uh, its hearings, uh, he basically said – he said in a tweet – I know a lot of ins- I know a lot of stuff that you guys would be interested in hearing, but uh, the House took a different approach. They chose not to uh, not to um, subpoena John Bolton because they didn't want it to get hung up in court, and they just wanted to get it over with. So, uh, and I and I don't think it's likely the Senate is going to call him to testify either because we're seeing Mitch McConnell, Senate Majority Leader, and the Republicans who run the show there saying we'd rather not have witnesses. We just want to hurry up and get this over with. They may have to call witnesses because they may not get a majority to vote. If they get a few Republican senators who say, no, we want to have some witnesses, well, they might have to have some witnesses. So it's possible John Bolton will testify. But even if he doesn't, John Bolton has a book out, a book coming out later this year. Um, that is, that is, that's right. That is due out for sure before the election. That's the way the Trump, op- uh, everybody associated with Trump seems to operate. You serve in the Trump administration for a year, a year and a half, and you get get out in time to write your book. So it's published by election <laughs> oh, 2020. Seems you to think, be. You yeah. think there might be? So this, of course, John Bolton being the second wild card here, possibly for the yeah, election. So let, let's do you think talk there about might be some why does, it, why does this matter? So John.
John Bolton was in the middle of um, what Trump was doing with Ukraine. He was the national security advisor at the time. He was not the guy who was uh, the emissary to Ukraine. He's not the one who was asking Ukraine to investigate the Bidens. That was a couple of other people, including Rudy, Rudy Giuliani. But Bolton would have been in a position to eventually find out everything that was going on and know about it. So the question is, uh, does he know something additional uh, on top of what we already know about what happened there? Does he know anything that might be uh, somehow more incriminating against Trump? But I think from an electoral purpose, it would have to be something that crystallizes uh, the um, Trump's trans transgression in some way that we have not seen before. So we know with the Nixon, uh, the Nixon impeachment, which actually didn't happen, Nixon, Nixon resignation, I should say, uh, the thing that turned that from kind of a political uh, investigation into a crisis of the presidency was the tapes. So there was this investigation going on. It was a little bit bogged down. But when it turned out there were tapes, uh, that changed everything. So I'm not suggesting that um, Trump has tapes the way Nixon had tapes. Mm -hmm. But is there something that we don't know that in the public imagination could somehow crystallize the case against Trump because, you know, Republicans generally support him and even some independents do think the uh, impeachment inquiry has been a, quote, witch hunt, Trump's phrase. I don't. I think it's I think it was essential for the House to do it, um, but uh, it has not really dented his approval rating. So does John Bolton know something? And I think could John Bolton publicly turn on Trump? You know, John Bolton is a uh, steadfast Republican. He's a hawk, a national security hawk. Trump went into office, not really a national security hawk, which might be why they clashed. But it's also possible John Bolton quit uh, because of something having to do with Ukraine. And if he would become somebody uh, sort of um, fervently campaigning against Trump, that could hurt. I mean, John Bolton, for example, uh, before he went into the Trump administration, frequent face on Fox News. So could we get somebody yet somebody else on Fox News, you know, the uh, apostates, uh, mm -hmm. who are uh, straying uh, out of the cult and going against their leader. You know, since he left the administration, I know he's had sort of this icy relationship with, with the Trump administration, but he just came out very recently in favor of the attacks right. against Soleimani right. because he was always had a hard line against Iran yep. and was for the U.S. going after Iran in a more aggressive way and actually tweeted out, uh, he hopes this is the first step to regime change in Tehran. Yeah. In fact, on, on Iran, John Bolton is one of the most hawkish Americans. Uh, even Trump uh, said we're not seeking regi regime change in Iran. Uh, we just want things to settle down basically. Um, so uh, if John Bolton, you know, whenever he starts to talk, and I, I just assume he will be, he's mostly been quiet since he left over the summer. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I assume that once his book book comes out, um, he will be talking because that's what you do when you when you publish a book. You go on book tours and answer every question anybody poses to you. So uh, he, he could very well um, praise certain Trump actions that he favors, but criticize the man. Well, we have to be – it's not just about Iran here, right? There are other threats of possible terrorism or even going to war with right. the country other than Iran. Yeah, there always are. Um, and uh, so that's uh, – I'm putting that in a separate category of a possible, possible wild card. So uh, war or terrorism threats that are not Iran. So uh, let's go back to Jimmy Carter's administration in 1979. I mean it was a total surprise in 1979, the, uh, that Iranian crisis when uh, Iran took the U.S. hostages, which it held for all of 1980, which is when Jimmy Carter was running for re-election. And that 
um, really hurt Jimmy Carter. I mean, I wasn't old enough to vote back then, thank God. But, um, but <laughs> I mean, he, I. you know, he got creamed and he was very weak going into the 1980 election. Part of that was the economy, but part of it was he just could not resolve the, the, uh, the Iranian hostage crisis. And it did not get resolved uh, until uh, Iran released the hostages. I think it was right after uh, right Ronald after Reagan. Ronald Reagan became president. Right after he, his inauguration. So that really um, hurt Jimmy Carter. That could happen anywhere in the world at any time. Um, you know, you look at what's going on with Trump and foreign policy. I mean, people who are serious about foreign policy do not think Trump has been effective. In fact, they you can make a case that his foreign policy is in disarray, withdrawing from Syria, uh, basically turning over Syrian territory that the Russians wanted to the Russians without getting anything in exchange for that. Um, there's now a kind of a meltdown scenario in the Middle East. Uh, Iraq is saying they want U.S. forces out of the Middle East. Uh, there is a proxy war between Iran and Saudi Arabia going on. Um, there are all kinds of things that could go wrong. And uh, North Korea, meanwhile, is basically back to where it started, except their nuclear program is probably further along than when Trump took office. Um, so these things can happen at any point, and um, it can be anybody. So you just need to know that it's, it's, it's always a possibility. And, of course, President Trump himself is a wild card in, in this election. And we know that because of the impeachment, he has been charged with – federal crime offenses, abuse of power, and obstruction mm -hmm. of Congress. Um, could he do something else, uh, commit some other Absolutely. kind of a crime sure that could, could be a wild card? He may already have done that. And the striking thing about what Trump did with Ukraine is that it came after the Robert Mueller investigation. So um, Trump claims he was exonerated by Mueller, but he was not even remotely exonerated by Mueller. And um, a close reading of the Mueller report um, suggests that Mueller identifies eight crimes uh, Trump committed during, as a can both as a candidate and as a president. Um, but they were not impeachable crimes. Was that it? Uh, no, they certainly could have been impeachable. The House just chose not to impeach Trump for mm -hmm. those alleged crimes. Mueller, of course, did not make any finding about what should happen. He said, all I'm going to do is pre present this evidence to Congress and let them, you guys, figure out what to do with it. Mm -hmm. But um, And then after the Mueller report identifies all this bad behavior, Trump goes and does, it even, does even worse things with Ukraine. And again, to go back to Ukraine, yes, he was asking for a favor from a foreign government. But the reason to me that is so egregious is Ukraine is a really important national security matter because it's the buffer zone basically between Russia – uh, who wishes us ill and is a global competitor in many ways, and, and Western Europe, um, which is supposed to be our allies um, and are not really treated like allies by Trump. So, uh, you know, he subordinated an important national security matter to his own political interests for that. W right after uh, he went through the Mueller ordeal, and I, I just assume he would do it again. I mean, it seems to me Trump is just kind of amoral on this. So are there other Trump misdeeds that we don't know about that might come out? Um, there certainly could be. And, I, the th you know, he has proved to be pretty Teflon in terms of public opinion. But again, it depends on the nature of the transgression and, we and whether it crystallizes in voters' minds in a way that's easy to understand. And I think the um, House tried to get there with the two charges they impeached him on. 
And the evidence is that they didn't um, in terms of what what uh, um, voters react to because his approval rating really didn't change. People could see the man mm. or hear the man or uh, see an, hear an account of the man doing something that they personally find offensive. Um, that would change things. I'm and not saying about, that will happen, but it could. What about the fact that the backdrop to all of these wild cards that have happened, might happen, is that we have a very strong employment situation. We have a strong stock market. Yeah. And we have a, an economy that continues to grow. So, you know, talk about what does it mean to me, the voter? What does it mean to me, the investor? The, the, I think the short answer is it doesn't mean much, at least right now. Totally on. And we've we've talked about that. You know, in many ways, the uh, the economy favors Trump's reelection or it would favor his reelection if he were a normal president. Um, so uh, that well, said, define normal president. Well, a normal president would be somebody with an approval rating in the 60s um, or higher with the which was where it should be with the unemployment rate at three point five percent. Right. And uh, in the 11th year of a bull market in stocks. Trump's approval rating, any president's approval rating should be in the 60s, if not the 70s. And he's in the low 40s. Um, so that's how vulnerable he is. There's there's pretty good research on how the state of the economy correlates to presidents getting reelected or not getting reelected. And um, with the economy growing at 2 percent or more, it's almost like 100 percent likely that any – that a generic president would get reelected. Um, Trump is not a generic president. He is a um, uh, remarkably unpopular president, and we are going to have GDP growth of around 2 percent. So just by that measure, as you and I have discussed before, it's right on the edge mm -hmm. of whether the economy is going to favor Trump or not. I actually did not list the economy among my wild cards because I don't think the economy really is a wild card. You think it's going to be pretty I, smooth sailing, no big surprises. The, the stock market is different because, as you and I know, the, well, stock, the, market could, the stock market could fall sharply on, on short notice or no notice. But the, I don't think the economy itself, the real economy that matters to most people, I don't think the real economy uh, is likely to plunge or go into recession. And, you know, there would be signs that we would see that coming. Um, we actually talked to an, uh, some people recently on our shows about, you know, the analyst I spoke to said you'd have to be looking at crude oil at $100 for plus months. a barrel for months. for months for it to really start yeah. to, to dent the economy. And I, and just, right I now, just don't see that happening. As we are speaking, oil is around 65 right. a barrel, a little less than that. All right, our final wild card, the health um, no, there's the another. But we need to talk about one other one before What's we get that? to the health. Uh, Trump's tax returns. Oh, that's a big one. The so Supreme people Court are tired of hearing this. To, uh, that's right. People are tired of hearing this. this. They're like, oh, the tax returns. I, we're never going to see. I forgot about it. Forget about the Trump tax returns. We're never going to see them. Not true. We may very well see them by this summer. And, and what, here's what what difference will it make, even if they turn out to be horrible? Because so many people have already come up with in their own minds about worst case scenario. And right. what if it turns out to be true? So what is my question in um, voters' minds? It could be so what. Um, and without a doubt, there are there are diehard Trump supporters who won't won't care if, if, if his Trump tax returns show he's been um, robbing orphanages for his <laughs> entire career. They won't care. Um, but again, what's in there? So, and it's not to me. It's not again. It's not so much um, the sort of legalese, the legalistic um, uh, stuff that this might generate. That oh, he shaved his. Uh, you know, some ta tax experts look at this. They're enormously complicated. Oh, he shaved his tax rate by five or ten percentage points. It's is there something in there that ordinary people can relate to? Um, 
that uh, would turn just or turn out to be a big negative. Again, you just you can't predict what these are. But um, uh, you know, Bill Clinton. Everybody knows what Bill Clinton did. Remember what Bill Clinton did. I remember what Bill Clinton did um, in the Oval Office. Everybody got that. Right. Um, it didn't really hurt his popularity well, at the say, time. Point, case in point. But um, it's something that everybody understood. He had an affair, and then he lied about it. Very easy. Ukraine, much more complicated to understand. So is there anything in Trump's tax returns? Uh, was he taking money from the government? Is it possible that he got rebates because of the tax credits? Is, it anyth- is there anything in there that— But is it possible that-, that he did those things but did them legally because there were there sure. are issues with our tax code? Sure. Um, but if and that Trump, would be his defense. If, so put it this way. If Trump's uh, effective tax rate— is far less than the average voters. It could make them let's mad. Say he even, let's say he pays some taxes, um, but let's say his tax rate is two percent because he gets all these. I mean, you know, it real absurd, estate developers do get tons. Of, it, oh, it could easily be two percent. Right. And tax experts think there, without a doubt, there probably are some years when he paid no taxes. So if Trump's tax rate, if he earns two hundred million dollars a year and pays two percent effective tax rate, and you and I, our ordinary voters, earn way less and pay a fifteen percent effective tax rate or twenty percent tax rate, that could irk some. People. I mean, that could irk some. Yes, I, I'd love to know what he really gives to charity. Uh, what what percentage he gives of his overall income? To well, charity I, he, to I think we assume that it's zero, or he even robs charities because he did have a nonprofit foundation right. uh, that turned out to be cheating and was shut down by the state of New York. All right. So taxes, TBD on whether or not they are uh, revealed. Now to our last wild card, and it is the health of an old slate of candidates, except for Pete Buttigieg, I guess. But you've got Trump, 73 years old. I guess we, his latest doctor report showed things are okay. I don't know. He went oh, to the who, doctors. Who knows? I mean, Trump's, Trump's, we Trump's doctor reports are a joke. I mean, best, most healthy, over, heavily overweight male in, <laughs> in the history of humanity. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, and then look, you've got Trump Biden is, on the other end, seventy-seven years old. Trump appears robust. Yes, uh, physically, anyway. Um, and people who have been trying to, you know, look at his uh, the way he talks publicly and isolate uh, mental decline or things like that. I don't, none of that has ever been convincing. Uh, he knows how, he talks all the time. He he spouts a million words at these rallies and stuff, and he holds up fine. But he is uh, holds Trump seventy three, right? And he's you know overweight. To I mean he's uh, borderline obese. So uh, we don't know anything, but anything could happen. Joe Biden is seventy seven. Um, so the real uh, sort of head-scratching scenario with with health with regard to health is once we have two candidates nominated and we're in the last let's say that we're in the general election campaign last three months what if one of them keels over I mean oh. you would so then you'd have to have a new nominee um, I'm trying let's say Biden is the is the nominee since Trump is already the oldest US president no Reagan was older but I think I think Trump was the oldest at his inauguration yes yes so he would once again be the uh, – I guess he would be the, the old – he would, have, by definition, have to be the second – the oldest second-term president. Right. Um, but with, if Joe Biden is the nominee, then I have to th- – I haven't done the research, but I have to think that combined, these are the two oldest presidential nominees we've ever had. Right. Um, maybe they'll both make it. Maybe I don't. But, I, but well, you say that like you're super surprised. I think they probably will make it. Okay. Through the election. Just period? saying, it's a wild saying? card. This is I, this is not wishful thinking. I hope they both make it. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, but you it's know, a we've got to get through the Iowa caucus February. And we 3rd, don't even know 1st. that Biden. We don't even know. Let's see. If Biden is really going to be Biden, the guy. old, Bernie Sanders, old. Elizabeth Warren, Warren, not quite as old, but still pretty old. <laughs> yes. And we don't have a Pete Buttigieg doll. They have to make uh, one. 
because we, we need to get one. And Trump also old. All right. So it's well, we a geri- we have a people. geriatric election coming up. <laughs> All right. Probably. We'll be covering every moment of it right here on Ballads and Dollars. Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. Be sure to rate and review. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts and follow me at Alexis TV News. And me at Rick J. Newman. See you next time. Bye. Bye.